everybody. Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk about ghosts and true crime and uh, aliens and creepy stuff. So thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for stopping by the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, we're glad we're here. Yeah. Ooh. We are. Last night was a little... It was, well... <laughs> Hopefully more rough for me than you, Mm -hmm. since you were the caretaker. So I came over to Rissa's house, and she was, like, busy doing something. I'm like, I'm going to go down to the studio and start getting set up. I was like, I I don't feel well. Like, just out of the blue, Mm -hmm. not feeling good. And so I stood at the top of the stairs, and I was like... Is this a bad idea? The going down the stairs part? Oh, no. (laughs) And I thought, it's okay. I'll just go really slow. Yeah. It'll be fine. And I'll sit in the big comfy chair. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, like, normally I sit in an office chair. Like, we sit at a, you know, like, new style across a desk from each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll just, I don't know. I, like... I hadn't even, I had taken one sip of my adult beverage, so there, but I had that, like, gross, like, I had way too much to drink, hot, sweaty thing going on, and I'm like, okay, I've had, like, two drops of alcohol, that can't possibly be it, (laughs) and I got so hot, if I could have took my skin off, I would have, I felt that hot. And then I was like, if I don't get cooler really soon, I think I'm going to spontaneously combust (laughs) and maybe vomit. Oh, my God. So I decided that laying on the floor was my best plan Mm -hmm. because it's tile over concrete and I knew it would be cool. Yeah. And this happened, like, immediately when you came down the stairs, right? Yeah, you were, like, upstairs doing stuff. Because I had been talking to you not five minutes. I was totally fine. Before that. And we had a conversation, and everything was normal. And everything we like- was fine. I was, like, when I first started to go in, I was, like, eh, I'm feeling a little, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I need to just go chill inside. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, or chill downstairs for a minute or something. Um. I've been running pretty hard all day. I didn't eat lunch till like four. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I thought, eh, maybe I'm just a little off or whatever. But in the whole like 40 steps from the living room to My the studio. made a noise. I hope, <laughs> I hope fun, the microphone did pick it up. <laughs> fun sound effects. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Continue. Yeah. It, it was like somebody hit me upside the head with a sledgehammer yeah so and then i'm i'm like doing something and i have no idea that this is happening and so like i don't know 10 minutes later at least so it was like probably 10 minutes later i walk down the stairs and i see heidi laying face down prone on (laughs) my basement floor and i'm like oh oh dear what has happened oh no and in my head the whole time while i could hear you and brandon upstairs I was thinking, Rissa, come, come find me. Mm-hmm. I just need a wet washcloth and possibly a bucket. 
But I was afraid if I tried to project my voice Mm -hmm. that I was going to throw up. Yeah. And I was sweating so much. There was. happened again. Did you hear it? I did. Your stomach's like making weird gurgling like, noises. Yeah, my chest is talking. Do you I don't know what's have going some on. Carbonated beverage earlier? Uh, I've been drinking Gatorade all day because oh. I was. The other part of the story of last night was I was kind of drunk, so that Whoops. was fun. So, it's probably drunk, really good that we did record. Probably, maybe so. Yeah, like when I came to your house, you were playing some awesome, like, kind of reggae hip hop stuff was going oh, yeah, on. Yeah, and we were having a good time. We had a little dance party. Like, I felt mm-hmm. totally fine. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I started to lift my head up because I was like, you know how when you get the spins, it was like that, except totally sober. And I looked down, and there was a puddle of my sweat on the floor. Really? I could feel sweat from every pore in my body, including, like, the back of my calves. Mm -hmm. That's how hot I felt. And my sweatshirt had, like, lifted up while I laid on the floor. And I was like, this is, like, heaven. This cold Mm -hmm. concrete and tile combo Mm -hmm. was magical. And I think, so by the time then you came downstairs, uh, you okay? Because I don't usually lay on your floor. Mm Mm-hmm. Or anyone's, really. Mm-hmm. I don't... I, I'm into furniture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not usually something I do. And the whole time I kept thinking, I look like one of those crime scene photos. Like, somebody yeah. needs to come draw a line around me. <laughs> exactly. In my head, I was, like, laughing at how absurd this is going to look when you find me. But mm-hmm. I felt so sick I couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then that kicked me into a role that I hadn't played for a long time, which was, like, I was always the person that took care of all the drunk people at the party. Like, I was the mom of the house. This is really good information (laughs) to have. I'm usually, like, a two-drink sort of gal. Yeah. I'm not really a get-drunk kind of gal. Mm -hmm. But if I ever feel like I need to get, like, rip-roaring drunk, I'm going to make sure that you're yeah. In the vicinity. Yeah, because I... Because you... There were oyster crackers. Service. Crackers. Do you need toast? Do you need to hold... You know, do you need me to hold your hair back? Yeah, I uh, felt very cared for. <laughs> it was excellent. I feel like there she are, walked me home. I feel like there are listeners of this show that have experienced this firsthand. And if you have, and you have a story about it, please send it to me. Because <laughs> it, it makes me laugh. It <laughs> was beautiful. It took me probably 20 minutes to get off the floor Mm -hmm. and then another 20 minutes in the chair before I decided I could brave being vertical again. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, like while I'm laying on the floor, I'm I can rally. I can rally. We, we could still do the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That was what was really funny was that how long it, I would, cause I would, I would How say almost every, yeah, every five minutes I was like, are you sure? I mean, we, we don't have to do it tonight. Like, it's not a big deal. We can either skip a week or reschedule or something. I, I like, really take commitment deal. seriously. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it came so fast. I felt like it was going to go away as fast. Yeah. I don't know. It, the only thing I can think of, I had one crappy dollar Mexican food oh, yeah, that's thing. Taco Bell. Yeah, remember I was like, I think they put every jalapeno in the store yeah, in here. Yeah, that's right. 
And so, but I don't know. I've had legit food poisoning before, like where I had to stay in the hospital for yeah. several days. And it comes on, it can come on pretty quick, mm-hmm. but that would be crazy fast. Yeah. My husband and I tried to sort of sort it out because it didn't even act like a virus either. Like, I feel mostly fine today. I have a headache. Mm-hmm. I think I was really dehydrated for one. Mm-hmm. And I think um, maybe my body just rejected the minuscule amount of alcohol. Like, it just triggered right. <laughs> triggered something. He said that after you took me home, thanks for thanks for taking me home. <laughs> um, I'm really That's glad right. I live next door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it was pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into bed and I had the rest of my food because I kept the well while I was laying on the floor wishing you had um, ESP so that I could send you oh, a message. ESP. I was like, what? yeah. <laughs> well, I was wishing I could telepathically request a bucket and a wet washcloth um i ate the rest of the food that i bought earlier and i kept thinking if i could just eat something i'd probably feel better but i couldn't get up to do it and like i couldn't even lift up my head to do it Mm -hmm. and the oyster crackers that i ate like turned into chalk in my mouth oh (laughs) so that's kind of what makes me think i was dehydrated because i had no saliva yeah um Anyway, my husband said I ate it like such a ravenous animal that he was trying to talk to me, and I totally ignored him. I don't even remember him talking to me. <laughs> so wow. apparently I was hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I was just completely out of it. This morning I woke up with a wicked ass headache. Yeah. Just like I I feel like I should have got to get drunk if I'm going to feel this crappy. <laughs> but I took a bunch of um, ibuprofen and... I have had a whole bunch of water, and I definitely don't feel 100%, but I'm probably, like, 85. Mm -hmm. It's one of the weirdest things that's ever happened to me. I've never been struck ill like that before. Huh. Other than the time I... Well, but that wasn't really struck ill. When I was in middle school, I had really horrible cramps. Mm -hmm. And I was in the... This is one of the many times I fell and knocked myself unconscious... Um, (laughs) I had really, really bad cramps and it was like, there was a sudden spike in the pain that Mm. just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then I woke up and people were staring at me. Mm -hmm. I had passed out and knocked myself out on the floor, Mm -hmm. like hit my head on the floor and they were like, hello. My gym teacher with the drawn on eyebrows was like, (laughs) she had really a lot of shiny forehead and very like penciled mm-hmm. very sharp skinny penciled golden arches eyebrows yeah she was are you okay i don't even know what happened <laughs> like i guess i, I guess <laughs> i don't know but it was not quite that fast but close mm-hmm. close super weird yeah so everybody drink your water yeah is the moral of that story i think mm-hmm. i legit was just dehydrated yeah so do we have any corrections from the last episode i nope just finished listening to it and i don't remember i think we were sort of self-correcting throughout the episode yeah. if there, if like if there are well there was like uh there was a couple times that i usually try to listen to it to make sure that we've covered our corrections um it ends up taking me a few days because I listen to it on the way to work. 
Right. And my commute's like 10, 12 minutes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something like that. You know, so it takes, it takes on the way to and from work, it takes me a few days to listen to it. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I think it was all as accurate as we can be. Yeah. So should we jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. What are we talking about? So today we're going to talk about the disgusting human being, Lauren Cop. What? Say it again. The disgusting human, Lauren Cop, C O P P. Lauren Cop. Lauren Cop. Mm hmm. Is a male who, just to, you know, be yeah. a yeah. gender neutral name, um, he was the owner of Dojo Pizza mm. right here mm-hmm. in South St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They first got on my radar. Because some adorable children, I'm a sucker for an entrepreneurial kid. (laughs) I used to sell all kinds of shit door to door when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I will pretty much buy anything from a smiling child (laughs) if they come to my door. (laughs) They were going up and down the streets and they had these flyers for Dojo Pizza. And I was, and they were these shiny, happy kids, kind of nice spring in their step. I thought, oh, that's adorable. Dojo Pizza. What the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. So I looked at the flyer and there was a church school on Morgan Ford, which is, you know, within a couple miles of here that had been closed down for a long time that a, someone had bought it and they had done like a partial renovation and we're using the space kind of kind of quasi community center for the kids like teen hangout. Mm-hmm. The dojo was because Lauren Cop, who owned it, was teaching martial arts for free. Huh. And okay. they were also making pizza mm-hmm. and delivering it and also serving it in the former church space, which they had converted. They made some tables, but then the pews were the seats. Oh. It was kind of, I was like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It was a non That does sound cool. Yeah, it was a nonprofit, and they, there were, um, an area where kids could practice dancing and mm-hmm. it definitely still had some repairs yeah that needed to happen yeah but that neighborhood in particular has quite a few apartments and is primarily low income immediate two block three block area lots and lots of apartments lots of low income families mm-hmm. and nothing for the kids to do you right. know the classic problem of if you're really too old for a babysitter, but not old enough to drive a car or go anywhere by yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought, this is awesome. Yeah. And I have my master's degree in nonprofit management, so I'm always happy to support a new nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Heath and I are talking about it, and I was like, we should go on a date there. Let's let's make a date. Let's go get some crappy pizza served by adorable children. This sounds fantastic. Yeah. So we went. The owner came to our table and introduced himself. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids was the waitress. Mm-hmm. He... This is starting to sound weird. Yeah. So when he <laughs> came to the table, I was thinking... You know, I do some uh, event planning as a little bit of a side hustle. And I thought this would be a really cool event space. And I was like, do you ever run out the space for events? And so we were talking about that a little bit. And then he said, oh, I want you to meet my daughter 
and this kid comes over and I was like, I don't think that's his daughter. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's, when I was a kid, people would say like somebody's my cousin, but they weren't, or they'd say it's my play sister or my play cousin. Yeah. You know, my play auntie, whatever. Like the way that you call me little sister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly like that. How I claim you as my sibling Mm -hmm. and you're not really, but Mm -hmm. whatever. Right not the point Mm -hmm. and so he explained that he had a couple foster kids and in my head i thought that's creepy and then i (laughs) like admonished myself for being a sexist asshole yeah oh heidi not every man (laughs) who's interested in caring for children is a pervert (laughs) right right there are plenty of men out there who are nurturing and loving. Uh, I don't like where this is going at all. <laughs> and you need to chill out. Because I, I have no idea what this topic is at all. So it's everything get, is new to me. I should have stuck with my first instinct. <laughs> oh, no. And so... And I reflect back on that moment and I think there's lots of other times where I have, like, guy friends who are, like best buds with a niece or right you know something like that where they have family members or something and the thought that that was creepy never crossed my mind right i thought oh that's really sweet yeah but with him i was that's creepy but then i yelled at myself Mm -hmm. for being i think you intuited it i think i did too Mm -hmm. because a couple weeks later this huge expose article comes out about him and sex trafficking. Oh my god. So, first, let me start with how he acquired foster children. Okay. Okay. He was at at one time a pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And he was married. He and his wife met a woman at a school event, which I'm not, they didn't have children of their own. Not totally clear on why. I don't know if there was a church or a school associated with the church. He was a pastor at or something. Mm -hmm. That's all I can sort of surmise from this situation. Mm -hmm. Met this woman and she was very low income, had like five or six kids and was freaking out because she needed to bust up the family. Basically. Because she couldn't take care of everyone. Uh And so initially they agreed to take three of the kids. Mm -hmm. So they took the oldest boy and two girls. And it was supposed to be a temporary arrangement. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually the older brother moved along. I, I couldn't find anything that said where he went or why he went. But the two girls stayed. Mm-hmm. And the mom had problems. Yeah. And that's why she was in kind of dire straits. Um, but the kids bonded with him. Mm-hmm. And even when he divorced, they decided, I guess the adults decided that the girls would stay with him. Mm-hmm. That's how the first two. Turns out that there was like, I think, six by the time it was all said and done. Wow. Six? So, uh, it's in my notes. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, it was, let's was see. It, was it like an official foster situation, or was it just 
here, take care of my kids. Like, just an agreement between two humans. He had gotten um, other parents to sign documents giving him power of attorney while they served jail sentences. Mm-hmm. So these are, like, really vulnerable kids. So I'm assuming some similar arrangement was made with those girls and the older brother initially, mm-hmm. that there was, like, a power of attorney. I think the mom, like, kept the two youngest. One of the other kids went to another relative, and then he I, he took three. So, yeah, there was six total. Mm-hmm. He was, at the time, uh, the pastor of Southwest Christian Church. Mm-hmm. They were wanting to set up their own parochial school system. Mm-hmm. And the objective was to do it through the South City location when they bought that property and then eventually funnel that money into a high school next to a church at the headquarters in Fenton. Headquarters mm-hmm. in Fenton. So there was this like very ambitious plan. I mean, starting your own school system. Right. Not kind of huge. Right. Yeah. Much, much later, I'm going to jump ahead. I mean, is this like a a mega church? What kind of church is it? I don't know, but I would almost think it would have to be something along those lines. To have multiple locations, like... Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's Christie Memorial United Methodist Church is the church he bought in South City. Mm -hmm. And given the status of the neighborhood at that time... He probably got it really cheap, mm-hmm. given the condition of the building. Mm-hmm. And it was once an operational church and school. Right. Like, this neighborhood had a gazillion parochial schools with churches attached, mm-hmm. that have, many of which have since been repurposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the charter school system started, that knocked off a bunch of those parochial yeah. schools, because people were like, shit, that's expensive. It's like... Uh, when my daughter went to high school, it was ten grand a year. Wow! Yeah, and that's not including like sports and all the other and stuff. And when you live around here in the city, that feels like your only option. Part of the downfall of the local parochial school system is white flight. Mm-hmm. Part of it is was also the charter schools. Yeah, you know, kind of a combination of of both, and they're just expensive. Right, it's expensive to maintain property and all of those structures and pay salaries and all that stuff. And there's not as many nuns as there used to be, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to fast forward ahead for just one second. Then we're going to go back. Okay. I'll try to follow. Okay. So in 2011, the post dispatch, our local big newspaper Mm -hmm. uncovered more than two decades worth of lawsuits and fraud allegations against Lauren cop. And so that pretty much smashed the whole, we're going to start our own school system plan. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> so that pretty much killed that. But that didn't stop him from doing Dojo Pizza and trying to open a school there and all that other stuff. Okay. Dojo Pizza, he's doing the karate. They call him Sensei. Mm-hmm. He starts out with three kids. Uh, Way back before, in 2007, he started some Christian Karate Association, and he was such a shitty bookkeeper that at one point he (laughs) 
had one of the teenagers listed as a board member to do his mandated filings. (laughs) (laughs) And as somebody with a degree in nonprofit management, yeah, that's shady as fuck. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to farm out that your mandated filings to the government. Right. You're like, hey, teenage kid, that has not shoveled my driveway. It's kind of an important. Yeah. I would. Yeah. That's not a teenager job. Mm-mm. No. Things had come out, but they weren't public in the neighborhood. Like the people in the neighborhood thought, thank God this guy came along. Like we desperately needed yeah. somebody to do something with this space. And they were so relieved that the kids had somewhere to go. And they were thinking like I was. I was like oh, this is great. You know, the kids have something that's positive. They have a place to congregate. Um, There was a lot of problems prior to the occupation of that building with, like, gang activity out in front. It seemed, at surface, like this was going to be such a great positive thing for the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. except for the part that he was a creepy perv and nobody knew it. Mm Mm-hmm. So he divorced in 2013, and the girls move in with him at the old church. And I think Dojo Pizza Hmm. opened up. It had to be somewhere around there, because it was when my husband and I first started dating. Mm -hmm. So they must have owned the property. Like, the church must have owned the property for a while before he occupied it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the details of the early years of ownership of the building or not like weren't in the articles yeah and they don't say exactly when he moved in or exactly when dojo pizza started Mm -hmm. but i know when we went there it was still really new Mm -hmm. the girls started to make friends with other girls in the neighborhood of course like birds of a feather flock together these are girls with kind of a troubled background so they start to attract they make friends with other girls who are kind of in the same situation mm-hmm. and slumber parties turn into month long stays. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he Ugh. eventually has some other mothers sign documents, giving them power of attorney while they serve jail sentences or they were looking for long-term housing. But to some people, he looks like he's a hero. Mm-hmm. He was telling me that, he operated a school at an online school out of the building. Hmm. What does that mean? Instead of a traditional classroom. Right. Like a University of Phoenix situation? Yeah. They would do all their classes online. So how is he running that? He just had some computers in a room. And I don't know. Like he would. It's sketchy. Okay. <laughs> it's a legit thing that some people who homeschool do. Mm hmm. They will have, like, so if it's a subject area maybe they're not familiar with or whatever, they'll have their kid do online classes Mm -hmm. for that topic or if they don't have a homeschool group. Um, Some high schools will have, for the kids who are in the alternative school, which is, like, the nice name for the kids who aren't functioning in the classroom Mm -hmm. because of behavior problems or whatever, Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll have them do independent work in online classes. Okay. So it's not not a legitimate way to do things necessarily uh-huh but so i don't see him teaching karate doing pizza and also was he having like, this like he, so he was homeschooling these girls on this on these computers theoretically okay 
made a convincing enough case that he got the government to give him money for school lunches and breakfast. Wow. Like, this does not seem like things that you can just do. Like, you could just start a school. I guess it's, I guess because it's not of as his, hard like, as it... pastor's pastor cred. Maybe. Well, he had the church as a nonprofit, right? Yeah. And so that was established. Okay. Um, it says that he was granted government funds for breakfast, lunch, and snacks to feed the students. And the payouts from 2014 to 15 were more than $14,000. Yeah. But the kids reported that they frequently ate pizza for dinner. Okay. The chances that he was really using the money as intended, I think, are fairly slim. Right. Yeah. In 2015, he got a $18,000 property tax bill. And the state notified him that they were going to dissolve or revoke the corporation because he failed to notify authorities uh, um, of a registered agent. So some legal shit he was supposed to do, he didn't do. Plus he well, had this cause, giant... that's because one of the teenagers was in charge of it. Well, <laughs> and then there's that. Mm-hmm. You install a teenager as a board member. Yeah. That's problematic mm-hmm. in itself. It's like... Yeah, that's not even. I mean, lots of people will start small nonprofits and it's a family, like every board member is a family member, but mm-hmm. that's, they're usually adults. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, you're not all related, but if you are, you should at can least you, be adults. Can you make your pets your board members? Possibly. Of course, I mean, if the way this guy did it, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> According to the federal government, if you want to be a 501c3, I'm pretty sure Penny can't be well, on your board. Yeah, well, I'm, I was thinking whenever we start, you know, Creepy Club LLC, then... Um, well, that would be a for-profit corporation. Okay. I, don't, I don't know this shit. You're like, I'm not, I don't know business I'm not stuff. a businessologist. That's totally fine. <laughs> I didn't really mean to be a business, a non-profitologist, but it happened. Yeah. Um. It really happened just because I like to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I'll learn about nonprofit management. And then I got a degree and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that at all. No, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Because they don't, That's unless really you funny. work for like a giant nonprofit, you just, you don't make very much money and you have like no benefits and you yeah. work all the time. Man. Yeah, so. sounds like theater a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you're looking for your heart to swell, mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen. Yeah. Um. Well, that sounds like theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, nonprofits typically start off as passion projects. Yeah, that's... theaters are nonprofits. Yeah, I don't understand any of this business stuff. So it's we totally just, okay. We it's should fine. just move on. <laughs> so. The difference. The primary difference is one is designed to benefit the community. Okay. So a theater. Okay. And the yeah, other that... is like me and Rissa are going to make some bank. Okay. Both have to make money mm-hmm. to survive. Like yeah. a nonprofit can't make no profit. That's not what that means. Yeah. It still has to make enough money to sustain itself. Mm-hmm. They still have expenses. Mm-hmm. They still have to pay salaries and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You, you still have to make a profit, but the purpose of the business is not to profit personally, mm-hmm. right? You're not starting it to get rich. That's why 
Gotcha. Jim and Tammy Faye were a problem with their, like, you know, well, let's see, let's use it. Joyce Myers is a local, you know, she's got like a family compound mm-hmm. um, from her church proceeds that the church has paid for. Wow. Mm-hmm. That cool. is possible, probable misappropriation yeah. of nonprofit funds. Mm-hmm. A little higher salary than is probably needed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so back to this creep. Yep. Okay. Yay. <laughs> okay. So he sucks at business. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's got teenagers doing his accounting. Yeah. Um, I can not... relate. That's that's what my bra- it feels like when my brain is working on accounting. I try <laughs> not to do any math if I can. Yeah. I try to farm it out. Well, and I told you my boss made me do statistics this week. I'm not not capable. Mm-hmm. I can do it. I usually try to fake not being capable by being like, I'm already not mathy mm-hmm. because I don't want to. You're right. And I'm like, so and says mathy. You should ask her. Like my friend Michaela, she does all my math for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm ever like, oh, I have a math problem. She's like, really? What is it? Yeah. Like she gets excited and I'm like, oh, like I can. I just don't want to. Right. Yeah. I'm having like now that I'm sort of uh, delving into the world of of drafting my own patterns for sewing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so much math. I've had to relearn geometry, which is totally wild because <laughs> I haven't taken a math class since senior year of high school so i never took geometry yeah um oh no that's not true i took geometry but i was going to a really crappy school mm-hmm. and our geometry teacher mrs shackleford would walk in the room write the assignment on the board and then she left yeah that was she's a great teacher yeah i learned a lot like nothing <laughs> my or i'm friends on facebook with my geometry teacher from high school oh that's cute well, yeah she can field some d- hey you have math questions i have math nerds in my life yeah that's true be happy okay anyway anyway he was like welcomed in the neighborhood people were excited about it they were really he got good yelp reviews mm-hmm. people were people were feeling good about the dojo pizza thing i mean how did he strike you as a human being um, well, I had that initial oh, red like, flag. Oh, that, yeah. But then I was like, Heidi, don't be such a sexist jerk. Did you? He struck me as kind of a little bit of a wheeler dealer. Okay. But not super sleazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, after reading everything I've read, I think, well, he's probably a sociopath. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Maybe um, not. Okay. October 15, 2015, he gets raided. There was a confidential informant working with the police, feeding some information. Mm-hmm. Working off of a tip, they came and raided. There were 38 code violations, mm-hmm. so the building was in shit shape. Yeah. By the time the day was done, they had custody of six girls and a nine-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Cop was taken to the city justice center. Mm-hmm. Me and my activist friends like to call it the injustice center. But in this case, I think justice was served. Okay, good. Right. You keep saying his last name and it, it throws me off. Cause I'm like, wait, cops. Wait, what? I know <laughs> it's two P's. Yeah. Maybe I should call him Cop-a-pah. like, Cop-a-pah. 
Nah, that's no, that's too cool for him. Yeah. The initial charge was endangering the welfare of a child. Mm-hmm. That endangerment was because they found a 45 caliber Ruger handgun and a 22 caliber caliber rifle wow. in his bedroom. But then there was a warning that even more serious charges were coming, a total of six felonies. Ooh. But in that original article about the raid, they didn't name the charges mm-hmm. at that time. It was just like, well, I hope you like it there because more shit's coming your way. Wow. Right. So six girls and a nine-year-old boy. Yeah. This is, it's so Living creepy in this because like fucked up church. Thirty-eight code violations. Yeah, you gotta really like. I remember using the bathroom there, thinking this could use some work. Yeah, but I also thought it's a huge building. I'm sure that whatever living space they have was the priority. Yeah, you know, and they had just opened up the um, dine-in area that was the actual church part you mm-hmm. know where church services happened yeah and so i thought oh well they probably just you know were excited to get open and haven't fixed it up yet yeah i wasn't thinking what you can't see is 10 times worse yeah and i'm surprised i didn't end up laying on their floor with 38 <laughs> code violations with some kind of horrible food poisoning right he did end up getting released a couple days later in avoidance of the press. He went and stayed with a friend in South County and only did one press interview mm-hmm. where he was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm a great guy. If being a great guy is a problem, arrest <laughs> me, you know? <laughs> so the next day, a neighbor reports that she sees, and I cannot imagine being this neighbor. She's chilling. And she sees this SUV pull up the back alley and three dudes in all black hop out, hoodies, pull a ladder out, mm-hmm. and enter the building through the second story window. Wow. And then come back out. And she said she could see the mouth to each other. See you tomorrow. Oh. So, like, ninja style, they went into the second floor. Uh-huh. So that was October. Oh, no, that was October 22nd. So this was, his arrest was the 15th. Sorry, correction. His arrest was the 15th. He gets out a couple days later, but he's not staying there anymore. Uh-huh. Then they do this, like, spy raid on the 22nd. And then um, the next day, an affidavit had been had come public mm-hmm. and so the whole front of the property is littered with reporters mm-hmm. so like the story broke prior to that it had been covered but i don't think it got a ton of attention mm-hmm. he had a good amount of supporters huh initially it's wow. not just the local police uh-huh. they've got the fbi metro detectives Uh, There's camera footage of agents hauling away computers, animals, pet cats, gerbils, Mm -hmm. file boxes, all kinds of stuff, like major raid. And the person who wrote the affidavit said, 
Detective Strong that it was for labor, trafficking, and sexual abuse of minors. And this was all based off the information of given to them by a confidential informant that mm-hmm. they call CS, like Charlie Sierra. Mm-hmm. So here's some of the claims by the informant. Everyone had bed bugs and lice. Cop pocketed the government funds that were supposed to go to school lunches. Mm-hmm. Instead of schooling the kids, he made them work in the pizza restaurant, which I definitely had a child wait on me, oh which seemed cute at the time and now makes me a little nauseous. Yeah. The informant said that if they refused to work, that there were threats of being put out so they'd be homeless. Mm-hmm. And that he also touched them in sexually inappropriate ways, inappropriate areas against their will. Yeah. Some pretty gnarly stuff. Yeah. And somewhere in there, Cop himself admits to having performed acupuncture on one of the teens. Oh, my God. Like, but then in the charges, it says that it included her breasts. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Then there were some additional family court documents mm-hmm. on top of, like, I guess the criminal stuff where he had some touch-the-butt game that Ew. I don't even want to talk about. Yeah. It's just gross. Yeah. His rebuttal to all this is he claims he's been framed, of course. Yeah. There was this lady, Lorraine Bela, who was a troubled soul. She had a young daughter. She worked for him at, um, or volunteered, I guess, at Dojo Pizza, her and her daughter hang out, hung out there. They had enough of a relationship that eventually she got in trouble for, got in trouble for drug possession and was going to have to go do like a short jail stay. Mm -hmm. And so she made arrangements with him for her daughter to stay there. They were living there by then. Mm -hmm. And she, he said, he like, I'll take care of your daughter while you're in jail. And then when she got out, things kind of went sour. Mm-hmm. And they started getting into, like, shouting matches that other people saw. And he accused her of stealing her his ATM card. He eventually puts the mom out. But the mom doesn't take the daughter because then they'd both be on the street, mm-hmm. I guess, is the reasoning behind that. But he thinks that she's the confidential informant. And that it's sour grapes. She's just trying to frame me because she's mad at me. That's what he Uh, says. mm -hmm. Bela, Lorraine Bela, says she she does say some stuff, but I don't think she's the CI Mm -hmm. based on her comments. Because in one of the articles that I read, it's direct quotes from her. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about trying to get her kid registered for school. And they look at the transcript and they're like, oh, hell no. Mm Mm-hmm. And it and triggers a social services case because the transcript is like, I don't know, he probably typed it himself and it doesn't even look remotely official. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to have to review applications for a um, early college credit program. Yeah. And a lot of times the kids had been homeschooled and the parents do just make their own report cards. Yeah. So... 
I would love to know what about that specifically, because there's not, Missouri has really flimsy homeschool laws. Huh. You don't have to do much. You have to tell the state, you have to purchase a curriculum and prove it, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, like, very minor reporting, like, maybe once or twice a year or something like that. It's, like, almost nothing. Yeah. You could definitely say my kid's in school and they're actually playing video games all the time. Yeah. I mean, hopefully most people who are homeschooling are legit. Mm-hmm. But you could be doing mostly nothing and get away with it. Do you get money from the state if you're homeschooling your kid? No. No. The only reason he was getting money from the state is because he was saying it was a school. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying he was running a school through the nonprofit. Right. So he was getting, you know, school lunch money. Mm Mm-hmm. The lady he claims has, is like setting him up. Mm Mm-hmm. She tries to register her kid for school and they're like, what the hell? They get a social worker involved and then she says that the social worker showed her a picture of her daughter in the shower that was taken from a hidden camera. Oh. Obviously, the assumption being that Lauren Cop yeah. had hidden cameras. Then he also makes some weird, like, finger-pointing, does some weird finger-pointing at the local alder woman. They, saying she sick the cops on him. Mm-hmm. Because when he took over the building, there was a bunch of stained glass, and he removed it all and sold it. Mm. And she was like, what the hell? It was like one of the nicest things about the building and you're going to get rid of it. Like you're here for five seconds yeah, and you're going to take this old ass historic building and sell off the best parts Mm -hmm. because why just as a frame of reference, like it's a very historic area and the idea of um, restoration versus tear down and build new is definitely the vibe around there. Yeah. People definitely want to restore. They're not like, let's just raise it all and build a strip mall. Yeah. You know, people are restoring homes and things like that. So he, yeah, he says like the alder woman so pissed off at him that she arranges an FBI raid. I mean, that just sounds nutty. Come on. Yeah. That did the whole thing. Like now saying that the one lady was so mad at him that, she maybe tried to get something going, but I'm like, okay, it's hard to get the cops to be interested in anything. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Based <laughs> on personal experience with my problem neighbor, that's not your problem neighbor. <laughs> I have had a really hard time getting them to be interested in anything going on over yeah, there. Yeah. I'm not buying that. Mm-hmm. That just her commentary would be enough. Yeah. To get the FBI to show up. For sure. Oh, how I wish it were that easy. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I want the FBI involved in everybody's life. Right. But if somebody really is a bad guy, they usually get away with stuff for way, way, way too long before anybody's even willing to consider that maybe there's a problem. Yeah. Totally. I had to make numerous phone calls to city officials to get a wellness check done on someone. Yeah. Just a wellness check. Yeah. Just, I'm concerned about this human's safety. Right. And well-being. Yeah. Can you just please... Can just go by... Can you just... Take five minutes Can somebody to look swing by <laughs> and just make sure that they're okay? And they're right... We're right next to the station. I mean, it's within spitting distance. Practically. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I don't think I can spit that far. But yeah, it's not far. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it's an exaggeration. It's but. not, it wouldn't be an inconvenience. No. Let's put it that way. But it, I had to call the city attorney, two alder people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, that was a, that was a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine how much had to pile up before somebody was like, oh, well, I guess we should look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But he was out for a good while. He was out until April 2016. There was additional raids in the interim. Mm -hmm. While he was out, authorities discovered a, quote, cache of illicit photos and videos of underage girls on those devices, including some that included images of cops sexually abusing juveniles. Oh, my God. Winner. Gross. And here's something real weird that he did. He pretended to be a young teenage girl online mm-hmm. and used that to groom and lure other young girls to Dojo Pizza. Mm-hmm. But he also used it to groom the girls that already lived there. Oh, like befriending them online? Uh-huh. And so then he would set them up saying stuff like, let's play a truth or dare game. Oh, God. Now I'm like thinking about every stranger I ever talked to on the Internet when when it was like back in like AOL chat room days. Oh, yeah. And like I would spend hours in chat rooms just like talking to people that I know strangers. And this is making me want to die a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no. He would say... His online persona was Chrissy, mm-hmm. and they found a picture of Chrissy on his hard drive, the picture that he used. Yeah. Um. So they knew it was definitely him pretending yeah. to be right. this young teenage girl, but mm-hmm. it'd be like, let's play truth or dare, run out into the hall and flash grandpa, which was like him. Oh, And one of the girls later reported that she started getting suspicious that maybe he was Chrissy because she could hear the ding from the instant messenger. Oh, my God. What an idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. And he was, like, enticing them to send nude photographs. Uh Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah. But fortunately, he's been in jail since April 2016, awaiting trial. Mm-hmm. He waived his right to a jury trial, which was... I can't decide if that was smart or not. Yeah, I mean, would he get, you know, an... Un, what is it called? Unbiased jury? Insane. I mean, they would have to farm people from another city, right? Because this was a huge press event. Eventually, it became a huge press event. Initially, it it didn't. There wasn't as much of a stir as you would have expected. Mm-hmm. It was covered pretty extensively by the Riverfront Times, which is our, like, alternative newspaper. Yeah. I mean, they do cover bigger news stories, but they're thought of more, I think, of as a... They tend... People tend to go pick that up for entertainment news and Mm -hmm. like calendar events and stuff like that more so than they do like 
I'm going right, to go like find a, a hard-hitting story. news story yeah. in the Riverfront Times. I mean, they do do that sometimes, but I just don't think that that's what people think of them for. Right. Necessarily. I don't think that's the mental model people have right. around the Riverfront Times. Yeah. Like, if you want serious news, you're going to go by the Post-Dispatch. You know that shit's biased, but it's probably... Yeah. They had pretty extensive coverage, and it was on, you know, it was on the news, but it wasn't... I remember when it happened, because it happened so soon after we went. It was, like, maybe a few months mm-hmm. after we had gone there. Um, I was really surprised at how little coverage it got. Yeah. I thought that it would be kind of, I've, like, in the air. I've never heard of it. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I thought this was one of those topics that you were going to talk about, like, kind of like the Southside Rapist that happened... Oh, like it was a long time ago? Yeah, before I would have been paying attention to that. But this happened, like, what is it, 2019? This happened, like, four years ago? A friend of mine bought a house on the same block, Uh like, the week before he got busted. Oh, my God. Before the raids. Yeah. I was like, well, shit. Yeah. (laughs) But at least it was either a week before or a week after. It was, like, right on top of that timeline. Hmm. I was like, well, I mean... At least it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's something. That's good. It's crazy. So he decides to waive his right to a jury trial, which means that um, U.S. District Judge Audrey Fleissig is Mm going to decide his fate. Okay. He's charged with production of child pornography, possession of child porn, and attempted production of child porn. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes through a whole bunch of attorneys and then decides... In a brilliant moment, he's going to defend himself. (laughs) They always do, don't they? Why? They always do, because they have so much self-confidence. Like, you know, blinding egoism is why. He has this guy, Nathan Swanson, Mm -hmm. is his, like, standby counsel, but he decides ultimately two weeks before his trial, that he's going to represent himself. Yeah. With as much evidence as there was against him. Yeah. It probably almost didn't matter. Right. He that's was true. kind of fucked no matter what. And maybe what. that's why he waived the jury, right? He was like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah. The part that really sucks, though, is for the victims who came forward to testify. Oh, yeah. They were cross-examined by him. Ew. Yeah, that gave him... The, and so I almost wonder if it was a power move. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I'm sure it was. Awful. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't imagine. Two of the former foster, and I'm saying that in quotes, um, testified against him in April 2018. Mm-hmm. One of them testified about chatting with Chrissy online. She said the conversations always seem to veer into games of truth or dare, with Chrissy challenging her and the other girls to send graphic nude photos of themselves or run out of their rooms and perform increasingly sexual acts in front of Grandpa, a nickname for cop. Oh, God. Yeah. Poor little baby girl. Yeah. It was a 10-day bench trial. Mm-hmm. End result, 15 to life, he gets sentenced this year in April. Wow. I hope that son of a bitch gets life. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, I was just over at my friend's house who lives on that street. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
it's the building's definitely still there. I don't know what's going on with it, but it's definitely still there. Yikes. Yeah, isn't that just crazy? Yeah, that's absolutely bananas. If you look at the, and I've got links to a few articles. If you look at the initial article when he, the first time that he was arrested, where he was only in jail for a couple of days, there were a couple different people in the neighborhood who were like, I was over there all the time. If he's a child trafficker, then so am I. Like, you know, saying how ridiculous it was to even consider that he could be guilty of such heinous crimes. He's probably a charismatic dude, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's I think... The, if he's the head pastor of a church... For sure. Like, you'd have, you have to be kind of charismatic and charming to, like, have that sort of position. Yeah, I don't think anybody's saying that anymore. No, I of think course they're not. over I think they're all over that now. I'm just saying like that's after the ninjas went through the second window and got all the stuff. Yeah. And then all the press showed up and were carrying out all the things. I think that was probably compelling enough evidence for most people in the neighborhood to reconsider their position. Yeah, no. I'm just saying that that might be a reason why he got away with it for so long as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, and initially... And why people would be defending him. I had that immediately like, feeling. But yeah, then but I feel like was... you're a little more empathic than most people are. Oh, it just makes me sick that I talked myself out of it. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like I would have put all the pieces together. I'm not blaming myself. We are people that see the best in somebody or try to see the best in somebody first, like give the giving people the benefit of the doubt. And so I don't think that that's like, I don't think you were wrong to do that. I just think it, that's how you operate. It's like. It's just really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things sort of all came to light very soon after. Yeah. Well, and like, what's with me and all the brushes with criminals? Um, with, yeah. Yeah. A couple. Of th- I've never heard this. Story. You've never told me this story. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's totally crazy. And for the record, I am not seeking out uh, being buds with people who do gross, heinous crimes. Right. But with um, Marlon and Reggie with the Chain of Rocks, Mm -hmm. like, I got no inkling of a bad feeling or a bad vibe off of them at all. Yeah. The only thing that I thought, they said something like, one of them made a rude comment about like the cleanliness of the bathroom or something while they were at my house and i just thought that was rude yeah but i didn't think like because it was the bathroom wasn't like by any means i mean it was just like normal bathroom Mm -hmm. i don't remember exactly what the complaint was but it was just some sort of smart ass remark and i thought well that's kind of rude for somebody that's never been here before yeah you know um but I had no intuitive anything about that. And then they, like, five days later went and killed some people. Yeah. But this guy definitely would, had a little conversation with myself and was, like, talked myself out of that. Don't be so judgmental. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be a creep just because he's taking care of kids. Yeah. Which is true. There are many yeah. adult men who have good, honest intentions and who enjoy mentoring or spending time with children in a non-creepy disgusting way right i think that that's 
that's untrue at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that I got that red flag immediately and was like, nah. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything about the victims? Are they... They were all underage, so they're all mentioned by initials. Oh, okay. I gotcha. That makes they, sense. It's... Right. That makes sense. Hoping to hear some good news that they had gotten rehomed with relatives well, or... No. 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 No, unfortunately, there's not. I don't think there's any big happy ending there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, the kids were sent to various foster homes all over the county. Yeah. And foster care is notoriously bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the neighborhoods that they said they were going to seem like they were probably, you know, okay, safe neighborhoods. But that doesn't tell you anything about the house that they were assigned to. Yeah. Um, I think foster homes can be okay or not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of no way to know. I have friends who are uh, social workers who've worked for children and family services who Mm -hmm. said some of their foster homes are amazing and they've said other ones are maybe not a whole lot better than the situation they just came out of. Mm -hmm. My hope for anyone who's in foster care is that they get people who are really dedicated. I mean, that's a, it's a huge commitment Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of heart and energy because it's not like, yeah, you're not getting rich being a foster parent. No, our friend, Kim, the photographer slash farmer, was a foster parent for a while. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had a unofficial foster for a couple of years. It's not, I didn't get any um, government assistance because it was all off the record. Under the table. Yeah. It, partly because of his age, because he was 17 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time, like we got him connected with services then he was too old for services it was one of those kind of deals uh it all worked out fine mm-hmm. but um it's not something you do it it's a it's work right yeah you don't do it for the compensation you do mm-hmm. it because you want to care for a child who's had yeah, I mean, I sort of acquired mine. I wasn't really planning on doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was more like I have a friend who her last couple years of high school, she lived with a friend's family because things weren't great at home. Mm-hmm. It was more that kind of situation. Yeah. Um. You know, where I would be the other home. Right. Um. Versus an official like. I went and got certified by the state as a foster parent yeah. or whatever. I think that that's probably harder. Yeah. Because you don't know anything. Like, this human shows up that you know nothing about. Yeah. You know, when you are taking in someone that you're at least acquainted with, you have some kind of idea yeah. of what you're dealing with. I can see how those situations come up where somebody is, they're troubled, they think that they have got somebody trusted that can provide care for their kid and maybe they've burned bridges with family members, mm-hmm. you know, or their family members are too old or too sick or too poor yeah. or too whatever. And they think, okay, they've got the safety in numbers with the other kids and this is someone that the whole neighborhood has eyes on. Yeah. Like, this is probably a much better choice than state custody Yeah, while I'm serving yeah. a two-week sentence, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, or mm-hmm. the least disruptive option. I can see why somebody would think, like, how they could talk themselves into 
this is probably a better alternative than going through the state. Sure. For care. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely a known entity versus an unknown. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and he, when we had the interaction with him, we talked to him probably for like 10 or 15 minutes because I was asking a lot of questions about the space for an event. Um, you know, I mean, he seemed normalish, mm-hmm. not like a creepy yeah. televangelist or anything, you yeah, know? Yeah, you're probably right about him being a sociopath. I think you're on the nose. Yep. More will be revealed. We'll have an update pretty soon here. Oh, yeah. Once he gets sentenced. Hmm. I don't remember the exact date, but it's sometime in April, so we'll be sure to give that. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, so right, right here, right around the corner. Cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> Makes me feel awesome. Yeah, awesome. Anyway, he's he definitely qualifies as creepy. I'll be interested to see if they make the um, bench trial testimony public at some point. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see his weak ass attempt to represent himself yeah like how are you gonna explain away some of the evidence that the prosecutor presents totally like so why do you have these naked pictures of the children that live with you right (laughs) what's your reason for that exactly yeah oh because he uh, he kept saying that lots of people had access to the computers in my building oh okay so okay (laughs) that definitely explains the Chrissy profile pic on there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he has, he had an excuse for everything. Um, and the vibe that I got was that the judge, Audrey Fleissing, was not impressed. What do you think he was using his money on? Because he's getting, he's, he's getting money from the state and... I don't think he was getting probably money not from... not a lot of money, but... I doubt he was an official foster if he was having power of attorney forms signed. Mm-hmm. So, like, he probably wasn't getting state foster money. Well, that but just I mean, gave from the power of attorney if, like, the kid needed to go to the hospital or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I mean from, like, the school and the nonprofit and stuff. Oh, like $15,000 isn't really that it's much. It's not that much, yeah. I don't know how profitable the pizza business was. So he was you just, know, yeah. I don't know. He didn't. It doesn't seem like he had a well, lot of revenue streams. If he was traffic, I mean, he got charged with trafficking, right? And that means mm-hmm. that he is maybe getting money from, is he selling pictures online? Is he? You don't have to be selling them to traffic. Oh, okay. If I. He just puts them on the internet. Yeah. If he transmits it to another human. That's trafficking. That's trafficking. Okay. I mean, there's. Uh, the, I think the legal definition of trafficking and what we think of when we think of trafficking, mm-hmm. when we think of trafficking, I think we think of something like, like really pimp, highly pimp organized yeah. and pimp and sex worker. Bigger. Yeah. Yeah. But really, I think the legal definition, and I may have to correct this in the next episode, is much simpler than that. And it's just that you've transmitted that electronically from computer to computer gotcha so he could just be sharing it with other perverts yeah swapping photos with pervs yeah i think that counts as trafficking a minor Uh, yeah and uh, i mean if he was attempting to make pornography though then yeah i would think he was probably attempting to get some money somehow yeah 
if he was only getting 15 grand a year mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe a small stipend or salary from that church, if he was still involved somehow, yeah, I don't really know how he was getting money. I, it doesn't sound like he was getting um, foster parent money necessarily. Yeah. If he was just doing power of attorney forms, that's not the same as mm-hmm. a state foster situation. I mean, where you would get like a monthly allowance. He was the head, so he was the head pastor, right? So is he getting money from? Well, he was when he first started, but oh, I don't okay, know but he that. Wasn't, yeah. I don't think that that continued. I don't know how he could have. Yeah, it was like on a totally different side of town, and even still, most pastor salaries are not impressive, right? And if he had what they say six kids there, uh huh. Even if he is feeding them crappy, it's still money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure more will be revealed. There's got to be some other hustle going on there. Well, we know he wasn't paying his taxes. Yeah. Definitely. That's also what I was thinking, too. I'm just like, he wasn't was spend- this dude an alcoholic? Like, did he spend all his money on booze? Like, I don't know. He didn't strike me as a boozer or a drug user. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked very, well, we'll we he's can- just a perf. Yeah, he just looks like average middle-aged Joe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't... There's nothing There's nothing about his appearance that is particularly remarkable. Yeah. He's not the ugliest or the prettiest. He's yeah. He's just average That's, middle-aged white guy. That makes it the most creepy. Uh-huh. Well... Creeps among us. We should probably wrap up on that note. <laughs> is there anything happy that you want to talk about? Oh, gosh, let's see. Now that I've depressed us all, I always feel like I should post pictures of kittens, like follow along kittens or something. Let's Mm -hmm. see. Um, Well, we started with my, my, it's been kind of a a wild ride today. We started with my rapid illness story. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. better. That's good news. I'm definitely feeling better. I think hydration was the end. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. You? You don't have anything happy going on in your life? Oh, no. I mean, just like <laughs> over the moon happy. I don't have anything super I'm exciting that I can think of at this exact moment. Yeah. Well, I, like, I, I have been in crunch time for the latest show I'm working on, Avenue Q, at the Playhouse at Westport. And we have our first dress rehearsal tomorrow. So I am happy <laughs> that... <laughs> To see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be fine. We, I've got everything done. But um, the show opens, let's see, a week from yesterday. So that is, sorry, I should have all this information if I was going to start plugging it. I'm bad with what dates. Up? Well, yesterday, I got to see one of the costumes that you did. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Today I made a um, fetish vest for a puppet. That's nice. something I never think was on my resume. Please put that at the top of your resume. <laughs> I'll share a picture of it. Um, or maybe that could just be your new title. Yeah, well, and if anybody doesn't know what Avenue Q is, it's a um, parody on Sesame Street in a very adult and vulgar way. But it's very funny and it has kind of a sweet message to it. Um, and yeah, it's at the Playhouse at Westport. It opens, it opens on Friday, January 25th at 7.30 p.m. And we run, it runs through March 3rd. Come and see the show. I designed the costumes for it. It's a lot of fun. Don't bring your children. Sort of like our podcast. It's explicit. (laughs) 
but I'm happy to see it run tomorrow and see what happens. We'd like to thank Brandon Lee Chilcote for our wonderful intro and outro music. Thanks, Brandon. And if you have any personal stories, if you, uh, I don't know, maybe you have a a creepy story about the pizza dojo. (laughs) I don't know if I want to hear it, but, you know, I don't know. I want to hear your opinion, I guess. I mean, I, it's... It's interesting in that it was, like, literally right under our noses. Yeah. It's horrifying in that these people's lives are never going to be the same. How about this? How about if you have a story about me taking care of you in college when you were really drunk one time? Oh, now that'd be a good one. You Do can, we have any new reviews? Don't tweet to- that, but you can email it at creepyclubpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Or you can tweet other stories, like maybe you have a haunted house or... um I don't know, an alien encounter, you can tweet us at Creepy Club Pod. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I feel like I interrupted you. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast, or you can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. I am at creepyclubrissa, and Heidi is at creepyclubheidi. Um, if you want to read our meeting minutes, you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com. We will post... Pictures of things. I'll post a picture of the tiny fetish vest that I made today. <laughs> and, That's amazing. Can yeah. you please also... Oh, and I over... Oh, everyone a picture of the Last Rites kit. I'll finally post oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'll post that. Um, and you can rate and review and subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be super amazing because that helps the show. Um, and... I think that's it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us next time. Stay creepy. Stay creepy. Meeting adjourned.